0: Welcome to episode 15 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We are talking the Genesis Open on the PGA Tour and the new NBO Oman Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System and with me is our European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Evening to you, Paul. Evening, Steve. How are you? I'm not doing too badly, thank you. A- our two football teams shared the uh, honours at, uh, at the weekend, so neither, yes. neither of us got bragging rights, apart from the fact you're about 38 points clear at the top of the table. Yeah, we won't mention the goal difference, eh? No, we won't go into that. We've also got resident guest Barry O'Hanrahan. How are you, Barry? You alright? I'm very good, guys. Um, yeah, good to be back. I told all the listeners last week that you were living the high life in Dublin, and that's why you couldn't come on the podcast last week. Was that correct, or was I just making that up?
1: Uh, Let's go with that. Sounds like I have a more interesting life than I actually do. Perfect. Okay. Right,
0: some housekeeping before we move ahead.
1: Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. That's where you'll
0: find all of our content. Of course, you could search golf betting or golf betting tips, and you will find us on a search engine of your choice. Right, Twitter handles for the three of us. I am at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting and Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Okay, iTunes reviews. If you could uh, write some iTunes reviews for us, if you like the podcast, that would be most appreciated. And any likes on Podbean, also send positive messages to the powers the beat be and help spread the word about this weekly golf betting podcast of ours. The numbers... We're very pleased with so thank you for listening and thank you for all your follows. Of course you can always follow us and never miss an episode. Right. Now we've spoken before the show, and no disrespect, but um we're gonna fire through the NBO Oman Open as quickly as we can. So over to you, Paul. Barry and I are just gonna sit and digest.
2: (laughs) Yes. Um yeah, it is the small of the two events this week by by a long stretch, so uh, so yeah, let's let, let's talk about it quickly. The MBO, um, the National Bank of Oman, uh, open, which uh, takes its bow, makes its bow for the first time this uh, week on the European tour, and um, it's got some funding. So it's a 1.75 million dollar uh, events, uh, which is identical to next week as well, in the, uh, with the Qatar Masters. So. You know, clearly there's a bit of money for it. It's not one of these, um, you know, 500,000 or 1 million euro uh, jobs, but it's uh, c- certainly not up with the uh, the level of the Dubai Desert Classic or um, Abu Dhabi. So um, we're going to a Greg Norman design, uh, the Al Muj Gulf in Muscat, which is, the, um, which is the capital of Oman. Now, with a lot of these new events, we often get um, a new event and a new track. This track they're using here has been used before um, for the Challenge Tour. Um, So some of the players in the field this week, about 50, 55 of the players, around about a third of the players, have played the course before, either in the NBO Golf Classic, which was um, 2013 um, and 2014, or for the last three years, this course has hosted the uh, NBO Golf Classic Grand Final. So it's the uh, kind of the equivalent to the uh, D- Dubai World Championship um, on the European Tour. So it's obviously clearly a a, a big, um, well respected track for it to be given that kind of level of prestige on the Challenge Tour. And a lot of the comments from the players who have played it is uh, it's a very very strong, very very good track. Um, it's an interesting one because it's a um, in Oman. It's you know you're talking desert golf effectively, but this is by the coast. Um, and it's been built in a linksy kind of style, so you've kind of got desert golf meets um, Lynx golf um, right by the seaside um, at uh, in Muscat at the uh, the capital itself. Um, so it would be an interesting one to see how, exactly how it plays out, because clearly we won't have seen any of it on the TV screens before. Um, it's going to be a going to be a new one to to most of us, I think. Um, 7,365 yards, par 72, um, regular 72 with um, the regular kind of setup with uh, 14, um, sorry, uh, 10 par 4s, 4, 4, 4 threes and 4 par 5s. Um, all of the par 5s are reasonably long without being excessive, so um, they'll be reachable for for the, uh, the longer hitters uh, in the field. Um What's interesting, actually, when you look through the um, the winners here, um, and we are talking um, Challenge Tour events, um, five winners going back to uh, Rupee Kako um, in 2013, shot 14 under. Max Orin, a year later, shot 7 under to win. It's already a seven-shot differential there. Uh, Ricardo Gouveia, 13 under. Bernd Rietammer, um 21 under. Um, and Clemens Sorday, last year, 15 under. So you've got a massive variation in winning scores there going from seven under to uh, 21 under which tells you something straight away that this course is um, uh, the difficulty of the course is uh, dictated entirely by the weather conditions so if it's if it's blowy and um, if there's a wind there then it's going to be tough if there's no wind then it's going to be pretty straightforward and uh, looking at the weather forecast this week it is expected to be dry sunny um, winds in the morning are negligible, you know, virtually nothing in the afternoon, it picks up to maybe 8-10 miles an hour So it's going to be a, a pretty simple um, uh, track this week in that respect So so I'm kind of expecting somewhere in the region of, well, with the better players there you'd expect it to be kind of 20 under I guess Okay, so be, a birdie
0: uh, fest with, with, the, with the light winds, yeah?
2: Yeah, you'd have thought so. Um, and looking through those five players that I read through, there's a, there's a mix there of ball strikers and uh, and kind of short game um, experts uh, or, or guys who are better at their short game, which you'd expect when you've got a differential in winning scores. So the tougher years is tending to be those players who've uh, got a better short game have managed to uh, to kind of weather the conditions The in the easier years, hit your fairways, hit your greens, make your putts, um, make a score of 20 under and... Uh, Away you go. So I'm kind of expecting it to be um, towards that that side. Um, you have to you have to exercise some caution with the European tour because the um, information you get is um, patchy to say the least. And you know you can kind of assume that the tracks on a set up to be dead easy, and you find they've grown the rough and um, you know they've set the set, set the pins to be um, incredibly difficult. And suddenly it turns into a, a bit of a grind. But looking at this, looking at the conditions. Um, uh, he's relatively a wide course. He's exposed. Um, the Greens are um, a decent pass for them. So um, I'd expect it to be a, a pretty pretty decent uh, winning score. Um, I, kn- I, say, I know that you're quite
0: don't... early in your tip creation development. Have you have, have, have you got any any players that you think you're going to include in your uh, preview that's going to be released tomorrow? Just for listeners, we'll be, re- uh, we'll be releasing both of our betting previews uh, Tuesday morning UK time, and uh, I'll, I'll clearly put a link through uh, to the uh, to the actual previews on Podbean, for uh, so it's easy to uh, get access to them if you, uh, if you're listening on Podbean. Any players you fancy? Yeah, I've got, I've got down to a list of uh, a short list of six, and
2: um, I'll uh, I'll sleep on it, and I'm, I might end up putting them all up actually, and back backing all of them. Um, or I might uh, cut one or two out. I'll, uh, I'll see where that takes me. Um, the, the shortest of the prizes I'm looking at is uh, uh, Junghan Wang, who um, won the Qatar Masters last year. And I think there's, there's likely to be some correlation here between Qatar and, uh, and this track we're playing, in terms, of, in terms of length, in terms of it playing uh, Linksy. Um, and Wang, we know he's got a, um, he's got three European Tour wins to his name. He defends next week, actually, Wang. And often I, f- I find when I look through the stats that you get a player who's um, coming up for a, 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 an event, an anniversary in an event that they played particularly well at the previous year or they're going to defend. And it kind of takes the pressure off the week before um, and they can go out and do uh, and do something. Um, and he's playing well, Wang, um, who is... Heavily tipped and heavily fancied to do well in Malaysia on his last time out, and he, he kind of bombed out there, sixty second in the end. And um, but he finished sixth in Dubai and fifteenth in Abu Dhabi. Um, he's scrambling was fantastic. He was making virtually no but bo- and no bogeys whatsoever. Um, and he'll come to this, as I say, with um, a level of uh relax relaxation because next week's the week where he's defending and the pressure is going to be on from a media perspective. So. Um, I can see him going well. He's won by the coast before um, at Maur- Mauritius uh, a couple of years ago. And as I say, he's 22 years old. He's won three times in the European Tour already. And I think Wang can uh, continue the uh, Asian dominance that we've seen over the last three weeks with uh, Lee Sharma um, and the Rat getting over the line last week in um, in Perth. And other ones I'm toying with, uh, Richie Ramsey, who's playing well. Um, and again, if it's kind of uh, a, a linksy setup, then he's played well. He's run up a couple of times at the Dunhill Links in the past, played well at uh, Le Golf National in, France, in Paris, which uh, plays quite linksy from time Well, it, it, that's kind of the inland links type of track. Um, Romain uh, Wattel, um, the Frenchman who got uh, over the line in the Dutch Open on another kind of linksy track over there, it's uh, called the Dutch. Um, last year, um, he's a decent ball striker, and actually, if you look at his stats, he's putting particularly well the last couple of um, events that he's played at as well, which isn't his strength. So you tie a bit of ball striking in with some decent putting from him. And I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the floodgates open with Watel. Actually, um, you know, he's, he's got that, uh, got the monkey off his back, and uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few wins coming his way over the next few years. Um, so uh, Ramsey's coming in around about fifty to one. Watel, what um, there's a bit of sixty sixes left right now as we talk. I suspect that would be shorter. Um, he is he's being backed in, so I expect it will go off around about fifty, uh, maybe sixty to one absolute max. Um, and three longer shots that um, I've got my eye on: uh, Chris Hansen, who um, played well in Dubai, finished sixth in Dubai. Um, he's one of these players that's. Um, can throw a decent event in um, in between a, a number of kind of miscuts or poor performances. Um, and he, he did well at the Dutch as well um, back in 2016, finished top 10 there. Um, and he's a decent, uh, decent tee to green player generally. But he's, again, he's, he's putting well at the moment. So you, you tie them together and there's potential there for him to do well, I think. Um, Chase Kupka, uh, the. Uh, Younger brother of uh, uh, Brooks, who's uh, playing his trade over here on the European tour for a while. Um, but he's a lot straighter than his brother, um, and again, um, I think he, uh, I think he could go well. Um, he's played the course before. He finished thirty third here um, back in November, and he pr- improved every round when he was over there on that particular, that particular week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go well. Um, and the final one, and we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, Steve, and you asked me a question about uh, about Matt Southgate. Um, and my response to you at the time was I like him on uh, linksy tracks. Yeah. And uh, this, is, this is exactly what it is. I mean, his, his current form coming in, miscut, miscut, fifty-seven, sixty-two, looks looks pretty awful. Um, but you dig into it. His greens and regulations solid. He's hitting nearly 80% of greens. Um, and if you go back he's, uh, he's finished 2nd at the Irish Open last year 6th um, and 12th at the Open Championship the last couple of years 4th in the Irish Open the year before that and the, the boy can play um, Lynx style golf I, I don't think this is going to be a pure Lynx test it's going to be um, linksy in some aspects um, but even so I think you'll find um, himself quite at home and, and the Lynx players who, who are kind of more adept to that type of golf will feel quite comfortable here um, and Southgate's currently 175 to 1 which uh, I thought was a massive price for a player who is proven on that kind of format of uh, of golf so um, yeah they're the six that I'm looking at I, I, I may be able to squeeze them all into one
0: staking plan I'll uh, I'll see see where that takes me overnight It's interesting actually this week because you've got a number of the bookmakers who have gone back to the tri- traditional five places each way a quarter of the odds on the Amar yeah. event Yeah there's... N- there's not a
2: great deal of um, extended places. I think Coral the only one that I saw. Again, the, the market's not fully formed now. It's just twenty past six on Monday over here. But it, yeah, it's um, it looks like they're putting all of their focus this week into um,
0: into your event, which makes a lot of sense, really. Yeah, Coral have gone seven places a 50 odds on both events again this week, which is a cracking performance. There's a there's a couple of other bookmakers who have gone six and a uh, six and a fifth. Uh, but at the moment on uh, on the Amman event, we're looking at Stan, James and we're also looking at Betfred and Boyle Sports. I think Boyle Sports have been quite good of late recently and they? they seem to have stepped up to the mark on golf betting Boyle Sports. Because I think they're also offering regularly now seven places each way on the PGA Tour.
2: Yeah, they, they seem to be focusing on it, which is good. They, they were stand out last week in Perth where they went a third of the odds. That's right, for, yeah. um, for the uh, match play, as opposed to a quarter for anyone else, which, um, which which is solid. And as you say, they have been going seven each way. So um, so yeah, long may it continue. I think it pushes a lot of the other um, bookies to make similar decisions. Hopefully, right.
0: So. Oh, thank you for that, Paul. We look forward to your preview uh, tomorrow. Uh, let's talk Genesis Open. If you guys have got any questions to stop me rambling on for thirty-five minutes, just interject at any time. Um, Riviera Country Club, which clearly is one of the most famous stop-offs on the PGA Tour every year. Um, it doesn't look overly long when you look at the yardage—seven thousand three hundred and twenty-two yards—but it's a par seventy-one, and uh, you can just tell by sort of the winners' list that a bit of power around here and being able to make or be able to get close and reach on on the three par fives around this place is a huge advantage. Um, Big strong links when you look at form and correlating form to Augusta, the likes of Dustin Johnson, clearly Bubba Watson, and even go back to 2013 and John Merrick, it's like John Who, well back then John Merrick was quite a a talented youngster and he'd finished 6th Augusta. Uh, prior to winning uh, here at uh, Riviera. So there's there's a strong link with Augusta. There's also very strong correlating form with the old Doral setup which used to host the uh, WGC Cadillac Championship. Um, which t- suggests and you wouldn't be too far wrong that cream tends to rise to the top around here. Clearly Bubba Watson, a two-time champion in the last couple of renewals. Dustin Johnson winning for us last year at 9-1. But then you also get, of course, the likes of Phil Mickelson. Uh, and then some kind of more left-field selections. John Merrick, James Hahn in 2015. Um, I think we might see a slightly different kind of golf tournament this week. And I think it's going to appeal to, the, to you, Barry. Because if you look at the uh, if you look at the the weather that uh, they've received here in Los Angeles, it's um, Pacific Palisades. It's been very, very, very dry in the build-up. November, December, virtually no rain whatsoever. And even January has only seen 24 millimeters of rain, and that was uh, up until I think it was the sixth or seventh of January. So. Clearly, they can water the course, but um, I can remember this in 2015 when James Harm won at nine. Uh, sorry, at six under, and it was absolutely fiery. It was brutal. Now I think we're going to see more of that this year, as opposed to last year, where there was a lot of rain in the build-up. There was also rain during play Thursday and Friday. You might remember they had to catch up 36 holes. Pretty much across Sunday to get the actual tournament closed. So it was a soft course last year. We're not going to see a soft course this year. It's going to be springy. I think it's going to be firm. It's going to be fiery. So for me, I think it's going to be quite a technical test with high scoring. Any thoughts on Riviera, Barry? From you know, from your endless years of watching PGA Tour golf, and I know it's always a setup and a and a golf course that I particularly enjoy to watch.
1: It's, yeah, um, it's visually a beautiful golf course to watch on TV, and, um, you just get a great impression of of how how much uh, it means to the, the commentators and to the players, and it really comes across through the TV and, uh, and engages everybody. Um, my most recent memory of it was the, was it the US Amateur was there a few months yep. back? Yeah, I remember yeah, watching yeah, yeah. an awful lot of that, and it was playing very firm and fast then, um... It's we don't want to see that kind of golf every week but to see a golf course like Riviera um, a classical golf course playing firm and fast it'll be a super test of golf and it'll drive some players demented this week but I think it'll also produce um, a really good champion somebody who's got all aspects of the game really on uh, firing on all cylinders and um, especially like the, the short game is going to be really sharp I mean it could point to somebody like a Shane. Is Shane Larry playing this week? I know does he play? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's playing it. Yeah,
1: see, yeah, he played quite well last week. It's nice to to see him actually putting a little bit of decent golf together. It's been a while off, so you know somebody with a razor sharp short game and is used to playing firm and fast courses, you know, for his you know over the course of his life, could be the kind of thing that could work to his advantage.
0: He's bubbling under at the moment, isn't he,
1: Shane? And I know, I know from stuff
0: that I've read on on the internet that he's now got an American base and he's focusing pretty much um, entirely on the PGA Tour for a period of time. And if you actually look at his greens and regulation numbers, 12th, 34th and 25th in the last three outings, so he's actually finding some greens. His ball striking's decent at the moment.
2: It's interesting what Barry says there. Do you see a lot of correlation between um, Riviera and, um, and Akron where they play um, Bridgestone where... Uh, where Larry won his
0: WGC. Yeah, you can see um you can see some correlation. Clearly Dustin Johnson has won at Firestone. Um Bubba's got on well relatively there in the past. Um so there's something in it. But at the end of the day, you know, as Barry quite rightly said, on a course like this, cream tends to rise to the top. Yeah. So you're gonna yeah. see you know the WGC kind of, um, setups at Darau and at Firestone linking in because the best players mm. are playing at them.
2: Yeah, um, I guess in my mind I'm kind of visualising the two courses, and
0: you know there are a lot of
2: similarities. They're both on bent power Greens as well, I think, aren't they? Yeah, so, bent
0: grass uh, mixed greens. I think Firestone is a little bit more um, straight. I think it's more of a brute power. Kind of um, course, yeah. um, and don't forget. And it's interesting this year. This is the first year that Tiger Woods's foundation are actually organising this tournament, and that goes back to what we're talking about course setup. Because if we think, um, if we think um, the the national tournament that Tiger's been pulling together for a number of years now, that's been played at places like Congressional it's been played at uh, last year it was at TPC Potomac and the conditions there were very firm, very, very fiery. So in my mind, I don't see a scenario where Tiger is going to be implicitly saying, um, you know, to the, to the course superintendent and the organizers, I want this course soft and attackable. And with the weather that they've had in my mind, I can't really see this being anything other than a firm and fast golf course. And it has real, real teeth when uh, when it plays like that. I mean, everyone thinks about the driver pull par four tenth hole, don't they? And you know, you have got those guys that go flat out and attack it off the tee. You've got others that lay up and try and get a second sh- uh, a second pitching wedge or a, a, a little running wedge in there. There's there's so many vagaries to this golf course, and very very you know. It's, as, um, as I've read in a number of interviews, a lot of nuances to it, uh, it tends to be the kind of course where experience of playing here unlocks the door further down the, uh, further down the line, if you see what I'm saying. Even Thomas yeah. Peters last year, who finished second, he won an NC NCAA event here in uh, 2009, I think it was, when he was studying at Illinois. In Ili- mm. Illinois. So um, he had course experience and he, he, he came through with a very fast finish to tie second last year. So it's, a, Pe- it's an yeah. interesting course for me.
2: Peters is an interesting uh, player this week because you're getting 50 to 1 on him. And um, we know with Peters, when he uh, when he finds a bit of form, he's the kind of player who tends to maintain that for a while. And he, um, he finished, what, fifth in uh, Abu Dhabi a few weeks back. Um, and as you say,
0: second year last year for me i mean you you watch more of him i think he's far more comfortable on bent grass and poana yeah. than he is on Bermuda yeah. grass so for him to be yeah. right up in the mix a few weeks ago at abu dhabi um it's, yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's, that's it's not his surface yeah.
2: no. it's not his best surface i mean, for me he's going to be a world class player who's going to be contending at the majors for uh, you know, for years to come, was he fourth at uh, fourth at the Masters last year? So, you know, clearly he's already getting into that kind of bracket already. But uh, we talked a minute ago about Firestone. He finished fourth there. Um, he finished fifth at the WGC in uh, Mexico. Mexico,
0: last year. Yeah. yeah, and so, on top of that, he's uh, he, he he was in the top ten, of course, at Augusta as well, wasn't he? And if you remember Augusta, by the end of the Saturday, going into the Sunday. That course, lads, was as firm as fast as you like. And Peters he hung around quite nicely in those kind of conditions where you needed patience. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's worse shouts than Thomas Peters this week. Yeah, no's a good player. Are there any players that jump to front of mind for you? I mean, let's let's talk about the big names. Clearly, we've got Tiger. We've got Dustin Johnson defending, we've got Rory McIlroy, we've got Jordan Spieth, we've got Justin Thomas. Amazingly enough, no Sergio this year. Um, he, he, he used to play every year, but all of a sudden he's disappeared, Sergio. I don't know why that would be, but we've got uh, Thomas, Spieth, McIlroy and Johnson at the head of the market. What do, we, what do you guys think of the chances of those four? Do you, do, you think it's, uh, do you think it's a scenario where one of those will win or do you think it's going to be like the last couple of weeks where actually we've had guys from lower down the betting that have actually got the job done?
1: Hmm. I, I'm interested to see how Rory uh, reacts to the, the little putter problems he kind of had there over the weekend in, um, or just at Pebble Beach. Um, he's one that can fix these issues really quickly with uh, just a little bit of practice on a day or two or just find that little trick. Um, obviously hitting the ball very well with the two results in the Middle East. So uh, I don't think he's going to let last week in a pro-am kind of uh, de- derail him in any way. Um, Speed I like when it's... Um, when courses play tricky and you have to, to manage your way around them and, and think think your way around the course. Um, again, that little miss cut he had was just a blip. And, uh, you know, started last week slow but finished, you know, 20th, was it? So um, that's a good week. Dustin Johnson... It's, it seems like he's there, there, thereabouts every week. Um, for me, Thomas has been a little bit quiet. Um,
0: he's playing some great golf, and then he throws a snowman in. That's that's the problem with Thomas at the moment. You know, he was on fire, wasn't he, at points at, at TPC Scottsdale? Yeah, but he did.
1: He wasn't. That was kind of what he was doing before he went and started winning tournaments. He was doing an awful lot of good stuff. Having a little blow up hole that took him out of contention, so but I think um, if he figures out how to get rid of that one again, uh, yeah, he'll be back up and probably grabbing a title before we can even. Uh, he will click
0: yeah. um, 20, 20 to one. I'm seeing this week. You wouldn't have thought that a few months ago, would you? Twenty to one on Thomas. The other thing with yeah. Justin is he was in the top ten of that NCAA um, tournament that I mentioned. So back in back in two thousand and nine. So he's got course experience, and he was going well here a few years ago. Uh, I think he was in the top five or six after two rounds, and he completely blew up. So there's something there. Um, it's an interest. It's interesting with Thomas. He he he, he is going to fire. It's just tr- a case of knowing where he's going to sort of cut out those completely demented holes where he's blowing two three shots at a time. Yeah. Well, he's. Um, for me, he's, he's putting exceptionally well. He has
2: been for a while, and you know, when the rest of his game is just about strong enough, um, he can win golf tournaments. He knows how to get over the line, and uh, you know, he's, he's done that with regularity over the last twelve months or so. Um, but he's, for me, his irons are just uh, just not quite there at the moment. And if he sorts that out, he's, you know, he's, he's going to win tournament after tournament after tournament. It was interesting seeing Spieth last week because we talked about his putting um, a bit last week in the podcast, and uh, it was interesting to see him start making a few putts, you know, and a few few long bombs as well. And uh, perhaps there's a little bit of confidence starting to come back um, into the Spieth putter as well. It's funny um,
0: we were talking correlating courses, weren't we? And Jordan Spieth, I know you know clearly he's he's had quite a short career, but if you look at kind of courses where he hasn't gone well in the past. Uh, Doral is one of those. Uh, and there seems to be an intrinsic link between Doral and here. Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson and the like. Uh, Justin Rose was second here last year. He's won at Doral. Adam Scott has gone well round here. He's a Doral winner. Um, he's all, And we talked about Firestone. Um, Spieth's never really been on fire at Firestone. So I'm, I'm not 100% sold on Jordan. But, you know... When I'm when I'm not 100% sold on somebody, that normally means they means they win. But I think the conditions will suit him because for me, this isn't going to be a scenario where 78, you know, 80% greens in regulation wins this week. It's going to be the kind of tournament where if you've got anywhere close to two thirds of the greens hit, you're going to be close to the top of the greens in regulation numbers. So you're going to need, as Barry said, course management. Being able to grind and also the ability to just be patient and hang around. And I think that does actually come back to Spieth's wheelhouse more than, say, mm-hmm. a Justin Thomas. Yeah. I'm just kind of playing with it in my own mind to a certain extent. What well, about DJ, you know, another,
2: yeah. another fantastic opportunity to win last week. And uh, you'd, you'd, again, similar to the week before, um, you know, we were expecting the favourites to get over the line. Um, You'd have expected DJ to convert last week, but, um, but yeah, couldn't get close enough to do the do the, do the business.
0: It's Barry's favourite phrase, isn't it? Ba- winning's hard, Barry. Yeah, and you know, last week proved that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's no guarantee. You know, just because he's number one in the world and uh, playing phenomenal golf, he's still got to do the business and put and hit the shots. So uh, it's not easy for anybody. I don't think any, even Tiger and his pump. those wins weren't easy, you know. He made it look easy, but um, they're not. So, well, I thought th- Ted
0: Potter was particularly, um, I thought he was really strong last night. I thought, you know, the way he played and managed the situation. I mean, I, when, when you looked at the groups and you thought Ted Potter's going out with Dustin Johnson, well, there's only one outcome there. But actually, he turned it completely on its head.
2: There was an intimidation factor with Woods, um, and th- th- how many events did he win? Where actually it was not necessarily where he went and won the tournament, but the you know the, the Ted Potter equivalent who he was playing with at the time um, just capitulated. Yeah. Um, and perhaps DJ doesn't have that level of, uh, you know, hasn't reached that kind of uh, level yet where people are intimidated by uh, by what he does. Yeah, good shout.
0: Just to what throw in there before I forget, this is uh, this course also features kikuyu grass, kikuyu fairways. So um, the only other course that we're all, that they play on the PGA Tour that has kikuyu fairways is Torrey Pines. So you do get a lot of links between Torrey Pines um, course correlation and here. So I know Dustin Johnson hasn't been great at Torrey Pines, but he still finished third there in the past. Uh, We know Bubba Watson, who's won here twice. He's won at Torrey Pines. John Merrick was sixth at Torrey Pines prior to the here. Bill Haas, who won here in 2012, he's had a fourth and a couple of top tens at Torrey Pines. So another course that links in here very, very well. And that Kikuyu fairway kind of scenario must link in well. That also links in very well to players from Australia and also from South Africa, who clearly have a lot more experience of playing on Kikuyu where it's uh, native down there in the in the Southern Hemisphere. So just another thing to look out for. Now, I've got a few ideas bubbling away in my mind. Nothing at all uh, confirmed yet, although I'm pretty certain I know who I want to go with this week. Um, I'm going to throw four names at you, and I'm going to get your reactions. I want to go in. I'm going to go in uh, price order. For me this week I am extremely interested in Phil Mickelson. I'm interested in Tommy Fleetwood, Alexander Noren, and also my a real nemesis Ollie Schneiderjans. So where do you think I'm heading with that one? Am I am I heading over a crevasse or into a crevasse or do you think there's some some mileage in those four names? Do you want us to make you date yourself even more
1: or <laughs> No, I
0: think I I think I'm just going to I'm going to tip them up anyway. I'll tell you my reasoning behind those four tips, yeah. I think Phil is striking the ball better than he has done since the uh period of time where he finished I think it was top 12 or something at the Scottish Open and then went head to head with Henrik Stenson at uh where was it? I'm trying to remember. It was Royal Troon, wasn't it? I think Phil is hitting plenty of fairways. He's hitting more greens than he has done for a period of time since the middle of last year. His scrambling game is incredible right now. And we know that he puts the lights out at Riviera. We know that he's a Doral winner. We know that he's clearly brilliant around Augusta. And he's won here twice. The other thing I love about him, and Paul pulls these stats together and it's well worth looking at, Eight appearances here. He's been first round leader twice, and he's also finished in the frame each way, first round leader, another two times. So fifty percent of the time he starts this tournament, he's up with the pace at the very, very outset. And that is one of those critical things here at Riviera. If you're up at if you're up at the front close to the close to the pace, you've got a huge advantage over the rest of the field.
1: Okay question for you about I like Phil he's hitting the ball brilliantly and his I think his proximity to the hole the stats might not back it up but it looks fantastic at the moment when he is hitting green so um, it's a big help just I have I have actually had Alex Noren in mind as well um you know has a nice high ball flight left to right flight which kind of is a bit more favorable around here. And he yeah. was and he was second in uh, Torrey Pines a few uh, three weeks ago. The only the only strike against him, I guess, is that he doesn't have a he doesn't have a professional appearance here at Riviera. He might have played there back in college. Um, I'm not sure on that. But I can't I can't find anything yeah. to suggest that. But it's, then,
0: if you think it through, he I don't think he had any course experience heading to Torrey Pines. Which again, when you look at Torrey Pines, you say, well, actually, you need course experience. Blah blah blah. He was he, he was first for greens in regulation at Torrey Pines, and he was fourth for ball striking. And to me, that that link with Torrey Pines that we've already discussed, the fact that he's done well on, he seems to be the kind of guy that can get up to speed very quickly on tough classical golf courses in the states. You know, don't forget he did well at Eagle Point last year, which was a Fazio design. This is a Fazio redesign, just to throw that one in there. And when you look at his European tour performances. Paul's always told me this. He's far better on bent grass and Poana and a mix of those than he is when it comes to pure Bermuda grass. So, actually, he played really well at Scottsdale. I think he fired in a 7-64 under in round three. And he was still striking the ball very, very well. I think Alex Noren, with that fade shot shape of his, I think he's got a big chance this week. I really do. Mm-hmm.
2: No, I think I'd agree. I'd agree with the um, with the greens um, point, Steve. Yes, definitely on the European tour. Um, if you look at his Bermuda uh, green performances compared to his bentgrass Green green um, based performances, it's chalk and cheese. So um, the other aspects you were talking about the Kakia grass, um, clearly the Europeans who play a lot more golf over in South Africa. Um, you know, and and a little bit over in Australia as well, they're going to be more exposed to that, I guess, than uh, than some of the uh, the PGA Tour players who only have a limited number of events that they can. Uh, I'm
0: going to throw you under the bus, Paul. Do you remember if um, Do you remember if Gary Player's course has got kikuyu grass? I've got a feeling it has because he's a winner there as well. Yeah, he is. Um, very likely. Without looking back, I couldn't tell you definitively, but um, very likely, I'd have said. Yeah. I think I think has got a great shout this week. What's your view? Again, I'll go with you guys because I, I I watch European Tour of golf a lot, but I know you two watch it probably more than I do. What are your views on Tommy Fleetwood this week because at 33 to 1 for me, for a guy who's in the form of his life, I think that's a value price, I really do. Tommy's playing some fantastic golf. He has been for a long while, but
2: if you want someone who's hitting fairways, hitting greens, then then he's your man for this for this um, type of event. Um, and as we talked about a few weeks back, um, before he won in um, Abu Dhabi, he's making putts. He's making putts from mid range. He's making putts from long range. And um, the confidence is just flowing through his game. He's clearly got an agenda. He wants to be in the Ryder Cup team. And you know, by every right, he should be in the Ryder Cup team by the time he comes around. So. Um, you know, for me, this is you know it's another just a stepping stone in in terms of uh, Tommy's development, and uh, I think he can contend, he can play, so he could potentially win this. So, yeah, it's uh, you know it's not the most value packed uh, price out there um, given his lack of experience over in the states, but uh, but why not? Who's to say that the world well, was in number twelve, number eleven, wherever he is now, he's you know he's well capable of winning this.
0: I think I think in a scenario where you can question the merits of the top four in the market this week, I think quite justifiably. You know, I think this kind of this price point here between twenty-eight to forty to one, there's some good players in there, um, and there's some players there that I don't think if they got into the mix would be. You know, I think they could potentially get the job done. Um, what are your views on Fleetwood Barry?
1: I don't know, you can't even argue with um with anything you guys have said. He's he's playing phenomenal golf at the moment. Uh in all sorts of conditions. Like why not? You know, he's hitting the ball so so well. Um and so you know, sixty percent GIR for the week shouldn't be uh it, it shouldn't stress him remotely. Um It's a, it's a yeah. Why not? it'll just be another step in him kind of leaping towards superstardom. Um, if, uh, if he can keep this going, it will be great. If it's just a, an 18 month hot streak, just try to it out for a little bit longer. Um, but he, he genuinely could have taken a leap of a level and this is his new norm. He just looks
2: incredibly comfortable in his game and um, with himself right now. He's, he's happy. And um, you can see that when you, you know, in his body language, when he's walking around the course and, mm. um, there's there's no stress with his game. It's it's hit fairways, hit greens, um, and you know he's found that uh, you know Abu Dhabi that the final nine there, um, he, he he's found a way to uh, to you know to change gear to move up to that winning gear when the uh, you know when the situation demands it yeah. sixth.
0: 6th, 1st, 6th there's his last three European Tour outings. It doesn't shout 33-1 to 1 to me. Now, I can see why there's the price. The other thing for listeners is, and, and for all of us, he's now a fully-fledged PGA Tour player. So, he's in the FedEx Cup. Um, he will have goal, a goal to try and clearly get into the playoffs, to get to Eastlake if he can. You know, this isn't just a European Tour guy coming over here For a couple of tournaments or a tournament, just to kind of you know experience the PGA Tour, he's a fully fledged PGA Tour player, as is Thomas Peters. Um, So, and I know for a fact that um, Tommy's going to be playing here next week at PGA National. He's also going to be playing Bay Hill. So he's got a prolonged PGA Tour schedule. I think you know when he's playing this well. I just think that 33 to 1 at some point is going to get punctured severely as soon as he gets a top 5 at one of the one of the uh, the next tournaments and you'll never mm. see the likes of that price again as long as he keeps playing at this level.
1: Mm. Yep. What do you think of somebody who's just behind him? Tiger, he's just behind him in the odds. Pretty decent showing there a couple of weeks ago hasn't played here in a while any any thoughts or do you just what what's a successful week for tiger this week top 20 for me yeah um,
0: just looking at tiger's record here when he was at his pomp and um i just think if he makes the cut i'm not i'm not being um negative here i'm just being realistic i think if he makes the cut this week he's had a great week because riviera doesn't seem to fit his game when you just look at when he was in his pomp and his Majesty, I think the only reason he's clearly playing it is, is because his, um, his, his uh, foundation are organising the tournament. So, this, that that's my view, yeah. and I think you can almost see that in the fact that Coral are gone fifty to one.
2: Well, yeah, the fact there's fifty. I mean, there'll be plenty of takers out there at fifty to one. Plenty of takers. I
0: said um, I said this before, Torrey Pines. If you can get a match bet. And I was right, proved right, although Mark Leishman did try and stitch me up even on that one. Um, I've managed to get a match bet with Leishman, 72 holes with Woods and Leishman won. If you can get a match bet on Tiger Woods this week at any point against any player that you have got a good handle on for Riviera, i take the opponent every single day of the week. Mm. One to watch Um, over. that that's that's the way I'm heading. Um, the other one that I mentioned of the four, so Phil, Tommy, Alex, and the third fourth one is, and I cannot call this guy right, but I know he's going to win. Um, he's got a phenomenal tee to green game at the moment. Listen to this: in the final round at TPC Scottsdale, two weeks ago, he was 3.7 shots gained tee to green is Ollie Schneiderjans. And it's noticeable that Schneiderjans was in the top 10 here last year. So, whether he's got the temperament, I don't know, to be able to kind of grind his way in a tournament where uh, potentially seven, eight, nine under par wins, I'm not 100% certain of. I know for a fact that he's got the most beautiful fade that you'll ever see in your life. The way that he's... Puts that power fade into motion off the tee, and with his approach shots, is phenomenal. And as Barry said, I think that's a that kind of left to right shot in the locker this week does open up, open up a number of scoreable um, holes. So for me, I think Schneider Jans is another player that seriously needs to be considered this week. Just on Alex Noren, by the way, I am seeing fifty to one right now at Coral, which for me is a good price. Um, other players that. I haven't ruled out totally yet, but I can't fit everybody in. I think Bubba Watson at fifty to one's got some level of appeal. I think Thomas Peters at fifty to one's got some level of appeal. Um, Kevin Chapel's another one I'm kind of toying with, but when you look at his record, he's a UCLA guy and he's played a lot of golf here because clearly this was a uh, was one of the local courses for the UCLA guys when they were at college. Um, he he played well here a couple of years ago, and then fell back in the final round. The, the one thing I don't like about Chaplin is he just doesn't seem to be able to find the prerequisite amount of greens around here that you you know you need to be hitting to to be in contention. Um, other players potentially Xander Shoffley I think could go well around here. Keegan Bradley I'm seeing at 66 is to 80 to one. I think Bradley's been playing some decent golf at the moment, and he's just outside the world's top 50. So if he could get anything going this week, I know he's got a couple of top fives here in the past, and when you're talking about a pure ball-striking course where scoring's going to be low, that's and it isn't a putting test, I think Keegan Bradley's a name that really jumps out to me. Jimmy Walker finished well last week. He's 90-1, to and I have to have a mention... Uh, I don't know if you guys meant this last week, but Sangmoon Bay. I can already see he's been backed in. I think Bay's got a cracking record here. Um, Likes playing on bent grass, poor newer greens. Uh, a couple of top tens here already. Just the kind of course I think that Bay could finally pop his head up and you know um, get into the top ten for a, for. A, um, For a half-decent price, I'm seeing 125-1 to on Bay right now. Um, That isn't likely to be there for very long. No, Bay
2: was one that caught my eye when I pulled the stats together this morning. Um, I got him at 160s earlier, so I might have uh, been a small contributor to that price going down. Yeah, 140
0: at Bet365 at the moment.
2: Yeah, as you say, finished 8th, 12th, and 8th here before his military service. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting, if you go back through his uh, his history, it's often been a stretch of poor form, shown a bit of form, and then bang. So, six straight miscuts, 15th last week, um, and that's there's a lot of correlation there. When he won the Fries, uh, Fries.com, I forget which year it was now, 2014, around that kind of time, um, 15th the week before, then win. Yeah. when he won the Byron Nelson again coming off a string of poor results 33rd win so I think you'll find that he finds these pockets of form very in, you know, over a very short period of time and you um, can pick up a decent price on him
0: 31st for G.I.R. last week and 11th for scrambling that's not a bad combination is it mm, no it's good
1: any, no I like, I like Bay a lot any thoughts on J.B. Holmes guys He's got a pretty savage record around here. You know, I know he's coming off a couple of missed cuts, but uh fourth that um Tarry Pines just 3 weeks ago. It's 80 to 1.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good in Holmes. Um I think he missed the cut at Scottsdale because he had the whole world's negative media on his back, didn't he, about the uh mm. the 4 minutes and 20 seconds of deliberation <laughs> the week before. Yeah, cuz he- yeah, I, I I could see Holmes going well.
1: Because he's the only one who's ever taken a long time over a shot in a professional event. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, of course, if it had been, you know, you likes of Jordan Spieth, it wouldn't be mentioned, I expect. It'd have been a positive. But mm. yes, he was always kind of going to struggle the next week, but that's all disappeared now. He can actually get back to being a golfer that no one really is going to recognise at the sort of, you know, the, the, the full eye of the media. I can see Holmes going well, yeah. He's got a good, Holmes is, good record here.
2: Yeah, Holmes is one of those players that I tend to look for in the first round leader market and given what's happened to um, our picks, Barry, over the last few weeks, perhaps uh, perhaps that's the market to look at for JB. That's
1: a good point, actually, yeah. We we choose the greyhounds that have no stamina. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Anyone
0: you fancy, they're uh, apart from JB, Barry?
1: No. Naren and Larry and JB were ones that kind of popped into my mind. Um I'm not gonna go reason, with yeah. too many others. I do like a lot of the uh the shouts that you had. Schneider is going to do it at some time and it's going to annoy me because I have backed him a few times. So um Yeah. He's gonna win, it's just a case of when we're not on him. <laughs> yeah, I know, but well, you can't back him every week, can you? So um You know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. So he's a he's a serious golfer though, so he will do it. Um so one thing
0: I've noticed about Ollie is he doesn't seem to go back to back very often. I know it's early doors in his career and he's going to do it at some point. Kevin Chappell was always the same. Then he, I think he finished fifth. At, he finished in the top ten last year at um, the Masters and then he went to TP San Antonio and finally won. But yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a serious talent, Schneider Jans. And you, you, you get the horrible feeling that the week you're not on him, he will get the job done.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. mm. that's golf betting isn't it fear of missing out yeah, that's golf betting. <laughs> you can't back them all <laughs>
0: no you can't, I think that's us students. I think that's us um, thanks for your input Barry much appreciated as ever um, hopefully we get you back for PGA National next week which I know you do like a bit of the Honda Classic um, and Paul thank you for your time, um, you've got a half decent tournament haven't you next week with the Qatar Masters, I'm sure that'll have a reasonable field that you can really get stuck into and we yeah, and we yeah. we can have some e- equal footing next week. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's no, a good I, I do like Qatar so uh yes, let's uh let's hope for a
0: result this week and then uh, some momentum going into next. Okay. Thanks to all of our listeners. Um I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We will see you again next week. Thank you and good evening. Bye bye.